Hey brothers, this is Dennis with the Rock Podcast. It's been a while. I hope that you're doing well. Um, I pray for you often, think about you often. But we're gonna get into this and talk about something that um that we need to discuss. I'm gonna slow down and do this, but uh I hope that you are doing well, I say again, and and I just uh just wanna let you know it's on my heart. I just wanna talk about something. Um I was thinking about a very important subject and i'm gonna tell you this man this is something that the enemy tried to hit us with and i'm not giving the enemy any glory but i'm just i'm exposing his his topics the bible says uh i believe it um uh i'm, I'm about to miss i think it's in first corinthians 2 11 i believe i believe that scripture but it talks about we should not be ignorant of Satan's devices and so we should not be ignorant of what he's about and what he's what he always does because the bible says you know satan means um <clears throat> it's a it's a it's a it's a, i believe it was a hebrew word for uh the accuser of our brother he will accuse you of doing things and bringing up your past bringing up things taking and beat you upside your head but i want to expose him i just want to talk about how to live a guilt not how to live but living a guilt-free life living a guilt-free life and i'm gonna read from the text uh i'm gonna actually read from and i'm actually quoted uh it says um therefore there's no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus that's romans chapter one and it talks about you know just walking the spirit of life in christ jesus uh and, and, and focusing on that you know for those there's no condemnation for those in christ jesus so i'm here to tell you that when you believe on him as your lord and savior jesus christ there is no more condemnation there's nothing that the devil can do because the blood of jesus has, has, has paid the price for you and all you got to do is just, just declare that you're righteous based on what jesus already finished for us at the cross many times you hear people say you know that you know you we 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 want to let people know that they sin but you don't want to we're no longer sinners saved by grace that's that's not that's not what we are i'm not a sinner nor are you if you receive Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, Jesus says that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So if you're made righteous, you can't be a sinner anymore. Yeah, the law of sin is is prevalent, but that doesn't make you a sinner. What makes you what makes you a sinner is not receiving Jesus Christ as in His blood and His finished works of the cross. But what makes you righteous and makes you makes you a believer in Christ is the fact that you receive what He's already done. We already finished the cross, therefore I'm covered. He covered past, present, and future sins, so I'm not gonna receive and say I'm a sinner. You know, I was a sinner saved by grace, but I am a I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, according to Second uh, Corinthians um, five twenty one. So let's dig into this. So I want to get on here and just dispel the effort of you of God not being able to use you. Man, don't don't think that way. It, it don't it doesn't matter what happened. It doesn't matter what you've done. It don't matter what you came across. It don't, it don't even matter what you did two minutes ago. The thing is, if you're consistently receiving, if you consistently, you know, go to God for the sin and and, 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 and resolve it in your heart before him, he doesn't hold your sin against you. The Bible says he He forgets your sins. He forgives your sins as far as the east from the west. You know, um, he forgives your sin in the more, and he throws he throws your sin and he throws your sin in the sea of forgiveness. He remembers your sin no more. The scripture says. So if he has forgiven you your sins, then you know, then you need to forgive your sins. I'm gonna turn to scripture. Let's turn to Mark eleven twenty five. Mark eleven twenty five. 
and I'm going to read it right here from the pages of the Word of God. I'm going to read it to you. You're going to hear me showing it turning these pages, but Mark 11, 25. Mark 11, 25. We always read the scripture where it says, having the faith of God, right? But I'm going to read, I'm going to read at verse 13. For, uh, chapter 11 Mark chapter 11 verse 23 it says for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain be thou removed and be thou cast out into the sea shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe that those things which you have said shall come to pass and he shall have whatever he saith. but verse 24 says therefore I say unto you whatsoever you, you desire when you pray believe that you receive them and you shall have them now watch this people don't, people don't totally read the scripture it says and when you stand praying, forgive if we if ye have if you have ought against anybody, that your father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. That but if you do not forgive, neither will your father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. So a lot of times what we do is we read that scripture and say, Well, if I heard if I hold ought against anybody, then what God won't forgive me. That's 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 true, that's true. But the thing is, guess who you who also God counts as a person who you hold all against and that's yourself god wants you to forgive yourself oftentimes we don't forgive we, we so quick to forgive others then we are quick to give us give ourselves grace to forgive ourselves i know i i often deal with that i don't give myself grace i don't give myself grace because i'm a person i'm a person just like the next man i'm you're gonna miss it that's just how it is that's why jesus finished it. that's why his grace is sufficient it's made perfect in weakness and and, and also is grace is there you know according to ephesians 2 8 it says it said it is a gift of god lest any man should boast so you're saved by grace so it's nothing that you can do to cause god to do what he's already done he's already finished it y'all he's already forgiven you you just got to believe what he's already done for you you know you may be saying you know it is that grace message no the grace message is the gospel and jesus already finished it so therefore you're focused on what he's already done so if he's already done it then I need that. I need this. I need the purpose in my heart and say, I'm already forgiven. And I'm not saying you should go around and you just go crazy and sin and just go all do all kind do all kinds of crazy things. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is when you do fall, when you do miss it, know and just go to God and make it right and just say, God, I don't, I don't remember those things. Oftentimes what we do, man, we we tend to let the enemy, allow the enemy, or even people bring up what we've done wrong or what we what we've what what we did wrong and, and, and what we done was wrong but we're not we're not too uh we're not too you know proud of what we did and in our and you might have been married once or twice you might have been, you might have, you might have cheated on your wife you might have been cheated, or cheated on your spouse you might have did some things you might have stole some things and things of that nature but the thing is god has forgiven you and he still loves you no matter what you might you might have had a drug addiction you might have been addicted to porn you might have did some things that you're not proud of but guess what? God still loves you and forgives you. Yeah, let's 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 take let's take a step back. You remember when Jesus, when he was about to die and go, when he was about to die and go to heaven, um, when he was about to die on the cross, and it was a thief right there, and that thief said, "Take me, take me in the, take me to paradise with you." And then Jesus said, "You he said, can I go with you in paradise?" He said, "Surely you'll go in paradise." And that man's waking moment, that that dude was able to go to heaven with Jesus. I try what I what I not what I try not to do, and I used to do this. 
I try not, I never judge anybody about, I never judge anybody based on their salvation or based on where they were at, you know, or say, you know what, they're going to hell. I don't know. You don't know that person's last words. You don't know. But our job is to, is we got this thing in our small, small group we go to, we talk about packing the gates. Packing the gates meaning that we're trying to get people into heaven as much as we can in regards to, you know, men, you know, leading them to the Lord. You know, and that's the thing. You're packing those gates. You're packing those souls. And that's what that's what this life is about. It's about saving souls. It's about saving people's lives with the gospel, the good news. You know, and, and you know, rather than beating over the head, people over the head with their sin, show them the love of God. And you you, you, will, you will drive them or deliver them or lead them out of this, the very sin that they're caught up in. You know, and, and I'm going to tell you, God is not done with you, brother. He's not done. It don't matter what you did, man. You know, he still he still loves you. And I'm speaking from a, from a, from a heart, the heart of God. You know, um, I'm going to turn to Philippians chapter one, verse six. Let's turn to Philippians chapter one, verse six. And I'm going to talk about some. I'm going to talk about Paul in a minute. But let's talk about Philippians chapter one, verse six. I'm turning it right now, y'all. So be patient with me. Philippians chapter one, verse six says, it says, um, it says, verse six, it says, Verse six, y'all. I'm looking for it. There we go. Here we go. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. Verse six. It says, He who has begun a good work on me will perform it. Of this very thing, I'm confident of this very thing that he which has begun a good work in me will perform it to the day of Jesus Christ. What that means is the very work that God's put in me, the thing he began in me, he has not forgotten and he will finish it. The Bible says in, um, in Romans chapter 11, verse 23, it says that the Romans chapter 11, verse 23, he says that for the gifts of callings of God are without repentance or without change of mind. So if God gave you the gifting, if God gave you the talent, if God gave you the anointing to do something, verse 23, it says if God has given you, it says, that's the wrong scripture. <laughs> But, uh, but in, 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 Roman, in Romans, it talks about how for the gifts of callings of God are without repentance. So if the gifts of callings of God are without repentance, that means that God has put a work in you and it shall, it shall come to pass. And the thing is, you can stall it up, but he will finish the very thing he put in you. So you got to remember... When you were born, God put a gift and a calling in our hearts. Watch this. And God has to finish it. He has to come to pass. It has to be shared with the world. That's Romans chapter 11, verse 29, y'all. It says, And for the gifts of callings of God are without repentance or without change of mind. So once God give it to you, he can't reverse it. He's a, he's a man, he's a God of integrity. He's a father of integrity. And he has to bring it to pass. Now we can delay it, we can stop it, but we can't, we can't, we can't, you know, um, we, we can't, we can't forfeit what God has put in us because he's put it in us. But the way it's drawn out is by, that's by his precious Holy Spirit. 
and being in the purpose of planning as well. Everyone has a gift. Everybody has a, a, a calling. Everybody comes with an anointing, with anointing. But the anointing is revealed when you receive Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. You know, when, he, when you receive it and that thing is brought out of you at that point in time. See, the anointing one of his anointing is on, gets on you to do the very thing you can't do yourself. And the grace that he's given us to live under gives us the ability to to live out that given calling with in in in, in, in his witness you know according to his strength so the more we spend spend time with the father the more he will draw out our gifts and callings i'm just we discovering what our kids and gifts and callings are by being around them just they're 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 still i was talking to them today about being you know things being revealed in their life and things being uh you know brought out of them and being you know pulled out by god and so so the the, the more they grow and the more the older they get the more they will be able to to you know find out and and how and let that thing that's in them that gift of calling be a blessing to so many people you know but they have to grow in it every child has to grow in that we we still we, i'm still growing in what god has called me to be and what he's called me to do because what i thought looked like looked like ministry was totally different than what um what it was was supposed to be but i'm learning you can't limit God. You can't put God in the box. And you, you can't be a cookie cutter. Just because it worked, just because a ministry and a calling worked for somebody else, it might not work for you. God might have you doing something different, you know? And so as long as his, his, his anointing is there, as long as his, his purpose and plan is being fulfilled, you're just going to follow follow his instruction on how to then get, then get done. It don't make sense to you. It, it's not going to ever make sense. That's why it's called walk by faith and not by sight. But I'm here to tell you to, to, to go back to what I said. He is not done with you. And living a guilt-free life is not allowing the devil to beat you over the head and tell you that you're not good enough. Because all of us have fallen short of the, the glory of God. It says that. Fallen short of God's glory. It says that. But what makes what's the beauty, what's the beauty about this is I don't have to work. If the work's already been done. I'm just I'm resting, I'm resting in the work as he's already done. I'm just believing that it's already done. I'm not saying you're supposed to sit down and not do work and you're not supposed to work hard, but his diligence in you, the passion in you, the the fire in you, it causes you to do the very thing he put in your heart to do. And when his super is on your natural, you can do so many things in, in your uh, in your life that will just blow your mind. But, you know, he'll do exceedingly abundantly before we can even ask a thing, Ephesians 3.20. You know, so the more we do, when we say yes, he'll say yes. But the Bible says, if I draw near to God, he'll draw near to me. But we have to take that first step in order to find out what he has for us and in order for, for us to walk out, walk out that very thing. And you're not meant to do life alone. God will send you a friend, friends to be to be that very uh conduit whereby you can walk out your plan and purpose god will send the friends but first he wants to be the friend let me say that again god will send the friends but he wants to he wants to be the friend he will be the friend that will send you a support system i mean think about jesus jesus he had 12 disciples misfits you, you, they they want the they, they want the most popular people. You had fishermen. You had a tax collector. You had a thief. You had all these people. He had people who were who were uh, who who were uh, you know they were they were mama's boys, uh, the sons of Zebedee, sons of thunder. They were they were uh, you know they were uh, they were um, they were sons of they were mama's boys, and mama tried to uh, you know uh, you know lobby for a position for them to be on a one on the left, one on the right. They got into it with the other disciples. Like how you gonna come up in there? How you gonna try to come up in here and give them positions over us? 
And Jesus said, you know, you know not the cup you want to drink from. He said, but yeah, you, you'll drink from a cup, but I can't, it's not, it's not for me to give. So that's how, that's how I submitted Jesus was to, to the father. And that's a very, that's a great example because Jesus, the Bible says in Philippians 2, he made himself of no reputation, family. That's the greatest example to live. He said to be of a great, uh, no reputation. And he said, he came in formal, he became a bond servant and he became uh, nothing so he can so he can cause so he can show us how to become something in the father and so i'm here to tell you that don't let the devil cause you to live guilty it's okay to feel bad about doing something because if you the holy the holy ghost job is to convict you but it's not it's not supposed to condemn you and man i'm telling you so, so oftentimes so many times i wake up just being transparent i wake up like i've never done enough and some people feel tripping out. They say, well, it, you know, I never feel like that, man. You know what? I, I want to get on that level. But I'm telling you, the enemy, he always, he's always trying to make you feel like that you're never good enough. I don't speak well enough. I don't talk like this pastor. I don't talk like that person. This person seeing, I look on Instagram and, 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 and Facebook, and I'm telling you right now, looking at somebody's highlight reel is the most dangerous thing you, you can do. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, 10, 12, it says, you know, he says, don't be wise. He says, don't compare yourselves among yourselves for it's not wise. It's not wise to compare yourself to somebody. God made you an original. He made you a masterpiece according to Ephesians 2.10. He made you an original. So by you being an original, God has an original plan and original purpose for you. He, he has a tailor-made purpose and a tailor-made plan for you to walk in. You just got to say yes, Lord, and, fi and follow his way. Now, God does send examples in our way, but there are examples not to be compared to, but to to be to be used to uh, uh use as examples for us to follow you know but at the end of the day it was all about um following what the, the example of jesus jesus even said in john chapter 14 he said if you seen me you seen the father you know i think thomas asked him you know how would i know i seen the father he said man you spend time with me man if you seen me you seen the father so guess what we we are called witnesses and that's why it's called witnessing witness souls because we've we've witnessed something that nobody else witnessed and that's the loving presence and, and powerful uh presence of a loving savior and, and through our i mean through our uh of course through our father lord and savior jesus christ and we do that um, as as he is submitted to the Father, we are submitted to him too. But let me let me switch this. We have a loving relationship through our Father, um, and we have it through a Son, Jesus Christ. He's the He's the way, the truth, and the life. And so by us loving Jesus, we are an example of what what um, we are an example of what the Father is, and that's the Father through His Son. We are sons of God. We are sons of God. You know, and that's not gender specific. It's that's all as mankind. We are sons. We have a sonship. We have a, a covenant. We have a loving relationship with a father through a son. And the Bible says we call in 815, Romans 815, it says whereby we call our father. That's a relationship. That's a relationship established because why? He's our daddy. And that, that said the Holy Spirit bear witness, himself bear witness to us that we are children of God. That's some powerful stuff. And so how would I know that I'm a son of God? By spending time with the Holy Spirit. By spending time with the Father. And if I spend time with the Father, I'm spending time with, if I'm spending time with the Holy Spirit, I'm spending time with the Father. Because they are one and the same. Father, Father, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're, they're the Trinity. They are the, the uh, they are, they are, they are, they are the same in name, aim, and purpose. They are one and the same. They are three and one. So by them, by them, by them being three and in one, I have, I have a, I have a special package. I had the Holy Ghost inside of me who bears witness to me that, that uh, is an advocate and he speaks to me only what the Father says. 
You know what I'm saying? And that's that, and that's in the the very spirit of Jesus Christ. It's all they all one, man. That's a beautiful thing. But what I'm saying is, you spend time with with holy with, with God. You spend time with God. You we will grow into your 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 identity, grow into your plan. But don't let the enemy tell you that you're worthless. Knowing your worth and knowing who you are, it's it's like this. The more the more you grow in love with the Father, the more you have a revelation of His love, the the less you will think about yourself and say, because the thing is, God's gonna tell you who you really are, and He, you're His masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus, under good words that you may walk in them. So no more receiving what the what the enemy's putting in your head. Don't let the enemy put any more thoughts in your head that you're worthless. He's a liar. He's a father of lies. He lies all the time. There's no truth in him. And guess what? He doesn't want you to reach your purpose and plan because you're you once you reach your purpose and plan, you're gonna be very difficult to, to, to handle. As a matter of fact, you may be in a position where you took you too hard to handle now. So what what is he gonna do? He's gonna bring doubt your way. He's gonna bring, he's uh, gonna bring lies your way. He's gonna try to try to attack your character. He's gonna try to attack your, to make, make try to attack your finances and attack your marriage. He try to attack and bring, you know, all kinds of confusion. But guess guess what, man? You have the ability to to speak the word out of your mouth and tell that fool to God in the name of Jesus. That's why in Romans chapter John four, John fourteen fourteen it says, if you ask anything in my name, it shall be done. You know, and that's why that's after he said, when you see me, you seen the father. And he said this, he said in John chapter 15, he says, no greater love than this, uh, the agape love of God, than a man to lay down his life for his friends. You are no longer slaves, but you're, you're my, you're, you're basically, fr- you're my friend. So that's a relationship. God wants a love relationship with you. He wants to be with you. He wants you more than you want yourself. And then, and then in Romans chapter, in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 29, uh, let me see 11, uh, 11 um, uh, Matthew chapter 11 verse 28 through 30 he says he says this he said this he says this he said he said let me recover your life come with me I'm, I'm paraphrasing from the message bible come recover your life come with me and he says this I'm paraphrasing I'm kind of bouncing around but he says let me show you the unforced rhythms of grace the unforced rhythms of grace Runs to grace, not, 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 not. He's not making. He's not forcing you to do anything. He's leading you into something, and he's doing it in the, in the spirit of gentleness. That's the Holy Ghost does. He leads you gently. He don't beat you over the head. He don't beat you up. He don't try to rush you and push you and everything. But he leads and guides and directs you. It's a time that Holy Spirit will lead and do do it in a sense where it's urgent, but it's it's a peace that's with that. That's a, he's a, it's a peace that's with that. So, um, I want to talk about a conversion. Uh, I'll talk about Paul for a minute. I'm gonna pause. Talk about Paul. Now, Paul, um, I'm, I'm reading. We, you can read uh, um, Acts chapter nine. The Paul's Paul's conversion is one of the most beautiful and the most breathtaking transform transformations I've seen in the Bible. It's one of the best ones I've seen because you've seen, I mean, God just, he just turned and you see, you see, you hear modern day conversions, but I seen this person who was a, who, he was, um, a religious official, almost a, he was a government official, Paul was, and he was used to take out, he was personally assigned to take out the Christian. The, the, the Sehedron council was a government, you know, government and religious count, uh, uh, official, they were they uh, official official government. They were designed. They 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 paid Paul to take out Christians. I mean, I want you to sit sit let let that sit there for a minute. He he was assigned to take out Christians. 
she was assigned to, to kill Christians. The Bible says in, um, I want to say Romans 8, Romans 7, I mean, well, not Romans 7, but Ch Acts chapter 7, I believe. It talks about how he approved of Stephen's death. Stephen, Stephen was, wasn't doing anything wrong. All Stephen was doing, he was a deacon, uh, busting tables. All he did was, all he did was, he was doing what the, I mean, he was doing the will of the Father. And they said Paul held his coat in approval of his death. They stoned him to death. And even in that moment, Stephen said they know not what they do. Now the Bible says in that same that same that same chapter, it says that he actually that that Jesus actually stood up. He said he stood up. That's powerful. He stood up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and read. I'm gonna read it. I got a little time. It says, as in in verse in chapter. Um, let me see. Let's turn. Let's turn to Acts chapter seven for the sake of time. Uh, and I'm going to read a little bit of it. I'm going to try to. If I can't, I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't got that much time to really break it down. Um, I'm going to do it. I'll do it another time. But in Acts chapter 7, verse 54, it says, when they heard these things, because this, because Stephen gave an a, a excellent sermon. It says, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed on him with their teeth. So rather than receiving the word, they, they, they hated my man. So watch this. But he being full of the Holy Spirit looked up steadfastly into the heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. Now I'm going to tell you something. The Bible often talks about Jesus sitting down on the right hand of God. It said he was standing. Even Jesus got up for that sermon and it was like it was in awe of his of, of his of, uh, of his um his powerful words his spirit filled words and it says that and behold I see the heaven and the oh, and I see the son of man standing standing on the right hand of the father and then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him and the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul and they stoned Stephen calling upon God saying Lord Jesus receive my spirit this is this is this is this is Stephen saying this and he he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice Lord lay not this sin to their charge and when he had said this, he fell asleep. And and guess what? In verse chapter eight, uh, in Romans chapter eight, verse one, it says, "And Saul was consenting unto his death." And at the time, there was a great persecution against the church, in which was at Jerusalem. So, so they said Paul consented to consented to his death. This man didn't do anything wrong. But if you look at, it, you would think in your mind that God can't use a person like Paul. You say can't use a person like Paul. Paul didn't cause this man to get to get murdered. He was assigned to take out Christians. He was assigned to, 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 to really clean out what they call back then the followers of the way. So he was called to take out anybody that followed Jesus. And then he approved of a person's death that that uh you know that he's had to take out anybody, anybody that's Christian. So Acts chapter 9, he made a conversion. And, and, and I'm going to paraphrase it. When he got blinded at the, at, the, at the road of Damascus, many of us know that story. He got he got he got blinded by the, at the road of Damascus. He called him. He called him Lord. Uh, Ananias was assigned to, to, to bring him back his vision. And then, I mean, Jesus. OK, before that, Jesus said, why do you fight against me? And as a result of that, he got converted. Ananias healed his eyes. And he went. He, he, he the Bible says 
he spent three years with Jesus getting revelation of, of, of the gospel. He was the most powerful apostle among all the 12, um, more than the 12. He wrote two thirds in the New Testament. Why did they, how come we just can't use anybody out of the 12? Because God wanted you to, wanted you to see how powerful he is through converting people through, through his love and through his power. Paul was the most, one of the most decorated, most, uh, one of the most powerful apostles in the, in the Bible. And, and God used him. Now, I'm pretty sure this man was troubled by his past. And, and Philippians chapter three talks about, look, he looking, he, he, one thing he does, he don't look behind, but he pressed towards the part of the high market, I call it. So this man, the devil probably was reminding him of what he did, but guess what? He knew what God's called. He knew what God called him to be. He knew that he had a greater calling and he loved God with all his heart. He didn't allow his past to get him caught up to sabotage his future. And guess what? You can do the same thing, living a, a guilt-free life, knowing that Jesus died for you, knowing that he covers you, knowing that he has already loved you so much to, to, to not get you in a position where you're trapped and in a position where you're not, uh, that you're not victorious. He made you free. Don't let the devil steal your joy. Don't let the devil steal what God's giving you. He's giving you a life. He's giving you a, a life. He's giving you a life wife is giving you children he's giving you and, and if y'all if y'all if y'all had if you're single you have none of these things he's blessed you with some where you can give him the glory don't let the devil steal anything from that live a free life the bible says john um jesus says in john chapter 10 he says i have not come i have not to give you i have not come i've come to give you uh life the enemy comes out to steal kill and destroy but i am come that you may have life and have it more abundantly so live free brothers live in your zoe free life and God has already finished it. Jesus finished it for you at the cross. And therefore, he's there to make sure that you're free and make sure that you're blessed. Live a guilt-free life, brothers. But with that being said, brothers, I love you. Live free. Live victorious in him. And he will bless you beyond your wildest dreams. This is Dennis with the Raw Podcast. Thank you for listening. Be blessed. Live a guilt-free life.